Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. We're here to, here to recap all of Vikings free agency so far with Doogie and uh, maybe get some scoops along the way. So go grab your beer. Hopefully it's Lake Monster and enjoy the show. Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. I am your host, Matt Anderson. I'm joined by fellow Climb in the Pocket members, Miles Gorham, Ortega, Dave doesn't have a last name. And uh, tonight, Darren Wolfson, KSTP, the Scoop Podcast, you can find him on Score North as well, is joining us this evening to break down everything Vikings free agency. Doogie, how are you this evening? It's been It's been a little bit since we've seen you. I'm doing well, Matt. Appreciate you guys welcoming me back. I guess I didn't bleep up enough the previous times I've been on that you extended the invitation once again. So thank you. Yeah, a lot going on. So good time to be on. Well, I think we should just uh, dive right in. Um, Some news kind of broke a little bit before we hopped on the show. Ben Gessling of the Star Tribune kind of reported that uh, the Vikings are maybe looking at trading Daniil Hunter. Um, I know the other day, when you were on with Judd that you had mentioned the New York Giants as potentially being a, a potential fit just because of the Andre Patterson uh, connection there. Do you have any uh, updated info as far as Daniil Hunter's status with the team goes right now? I'll tell you, Matt, I actually had a nice conversation with Andre at Gophers Pro Day earlier today. It was great seeing Andre. Judd volunteered the Buffalo Bills. It's pretty clear the Bills were after a pass rusher with the amount of money they spent today on Von Miller. So Judd's steam on, on Buffalo having trade interest in Daniil, I trust that. I wasn't able to source that out myself, but Judd's been doing this for a really long time. I mean, heck, he's had NFL contacts going back 25-plus years. So I trust when Judd puts something out there. Here's what I was told on Daniil, that he is comfortable playing in a 3-4. I had a friend of his – DM me earlier today asking if I had heard anything new. He said Daniil is currently out of the country. So it'll be interesting. Daniil gets traded here in the next 24 to 48 to 72 hours, trying to reach him as he's at an exotic location. Not necessarily that exotic, but he is far away from the Twin Cities right now. Ben's got good sources. I haven't necessarily heard that myself, but is it entirely possible that Daniil's representation, a guy by the name of Zeke, as he is chasing more money, like you look at the amount of money some of these pass rushers are making, it's pretty evident, even though Daniil has been hurt a bunch the last couple of years, that he is underpaid. Now, Daniil's the one who you know, ultimately said, hey, I'll sign that contract a few years ago. But like you look at some of these contracts. like I know when, when Joey Bosa got paid by the Chargers – like, I know, Daniil, like, what the bleep? Like, Joey Bosa got that, and I'm making this? How does that add up? And so yeah. I imagine some conjecture, admittedly, but that Zeke, Daniil's agent, has had conversations with the Vikings about some sort of extension, reworking Daniil's contract, trying to get him more money. So we've had these conversations about, you know, transferring his – his roster bonus into a signing bonus that he's due this bonus here fifth day of the league year, which is what Saturday or Sunday, you know, it's fast approaching, but 
like I wouldn't be shocked if his agent in these conversations has said, hey, like, let's get my client more money. And so I wonder if there's a roadblock there. That's where the Vikings now are are possibly based on Ben Gessling's tweet, re-engaging some teams on on the possibility of a trade. Yeah, and, and well, and, and I look know. at this situation, and I look at the situation, and we just go and extend Kirk Cousins another year, buy ourselves some cap space, maneuverability, whatever you want to call it. Um, that, to me at least, when you look at a 34 year old quarterback, that signals that you're ready to kind of continue to compete. And now you're sitting here trading your best asset potentially away, uh, at least on the defensive side, which is already thin as it can be. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Can you talk to us about maybe their thought process behind this and why they – I mean, obviously you started to a little bit there, but like how this makes sense in the grand scheme of things. Why extend Kirk if you're going to do this with Daniel? Well, you're right, Ryan. There's no evidence to suggest the Wilfs, they've owned the team now for, what, 17 years that they're willing to hit the reset button. They, they really feel like 2022 can be a Super Bowl year. We can debate whether, uh, you know, they're being delusional or not, but that's the way Ziggy and Mark feel. So why would you trade Daniil Hunter? I imagine if they trade him, Ryan, the return is going to be significant. Like, I don't think they're trading him for two third-round picks or even a second and a third. Like, if some team wants to put a nice first-round pick on the table, okay. I think you have those conversations, especially if Daniil is asking for more money immediately. But, yeah, like, if you're looking to compete here in 2022, you keep Daniil. And, like, I'll go in a different direction here, too, based on the question you asked me. I had somebody who I trust say, you're starting to see why Ryan Poles didn't want to come here for his interview that Ryan Poles is stripping down Chicago, right, like to the bare bones. And I think Ryan was was interested in doing something comparable here. And through the grapevine, through his his great agent, Trace Armstrong, who also, by the way, represents Kevin O'Connell, that the word was the Wilts are not interested in any sort of strip down. And I think Ryan said, okay, I've got options. The Bears really want me. I can execute my plan in Chicago. No reason for me to even come to Minnesota for that second interview, even though the Vikings really wanted him to come to Minnesota for an in-person interview. So, yeah, I'll be curious to see, you know, as, as you know, the night goes on, as, as tomorrow unfolds, unless some news breaks here in the next few hours. But as tomorrow unfolds, you know, as, as I try to gather more information, like what sorts of offers are they receiving? And I think there's probably more teams. Like, we can probably put together a list of teams that would have interest in Daniil. Look at some of the teams that swung and missed on on Von Miller. I would imagine those teams are still looking for a pass rusher. But, yeah, I mean, I think the Giants would be interesting. I mean, do I think Andre Patterson thinks the world of Daniil? Do I think Daniil thinks the world of Andre Patterson? Now, that doesn't mean that Andre's got unbelievable pull as he just started there with the Giants defensive line coach can all of a sudden influence the new general manager there with the Giants to offer a, a good amount for Daniil. But there's no denying the love fest that exists between Daniil and Andre. Hey, Doogie. You, you uh, talked to about – To back off the polls, uh, the polls comment, I thought that was – yeah, I thought that was perfect because I, I was thinking about that before because we've heard some rumblings about 
who was the first choice for the Vikings when they when uh, when the GM situation was was kind of sorting itself out. When you when you talk about that, one thing I want to preface is that I, I think we're you can see fans are very frustrated with with the current direction, but I think you can kind of see how handcuffed and and like strong uh, tied up uh, someone like Quazy and the, and the rest of the front offices right now from from where ownership wants to go because you can't look at the Vikings' current cap situation and expect a lot of major turnover or changes without actually creating additional turnover and changes because they don't have cap flexibility cap flexibility or cap space without continuing to kick the, the, the can down the road, which the old regime has done. So right now you're seeing the current regime have to use the same kind of tactics the old regime had to because they're in a situation the old regime put them in. So I just would, would be curious, kind of your thoughts on – I'm not assuming Quazy wanted to con- completely burn it down to the ground either – but at the same time, do you have any inkling or, or understanding of like maybe there was a little bit more that Quazy would like to do, but he's kind of being handcuffed from leadership right now? Well, I think there's probably been some miles, some interesting back and forths. I can tell you that much. Now, if you're Quazy, like you weren't going to turn down this opportunity. Like nobody else was willing to give right. Quazy this opportunity. You know, he was. He was still on a list of, of initial candidates for some other organizations, but he wasn't a finalist anywhere else. No guarantees a year from now, two years from now. So you are never going to turn down this opportunity. But yes, I, yeah, I think he has been handcuffed. You know, it's a little bit more opinion with some facts sprinkled in there. But yeah, I get the sense that, that yeah, he's he's been handcuffed in in some regards, not fully, but in some regards. And you're right about kicking the can <laughs> down the road. Like the Harrison Phillips contract was just filed. I saw that his cap number for 2022 is like three and a half, three six, three seven. The guaranteed money is twelve and a half. Like they're spreading that thing out. And with Cousins, with the two voidable years, right? They're kicking the can down the road. And there may be more. Now, on Adam Thielen, like, I don't think they're kicking anything down the road there. I see Adam here, like, 100%. I see Adam Thielen, member of the Vikings this year. But I also don't see him making the amount of money he currently is slated to make. So that'll be a situation where where they rework that, where he's going to have to take a cut. But like Harrison Smith, like, they can they can do some stuff with Harrison's contract with without his consent, without his permission. Right. So like there's all sorts of different scenarios we can look at. But, yeah, it's some of the same tactics as the old regime with Rob Brzezinski still in place. Let's not forget Rob is the cap guy. He hasn't gone anywhere. But, yeah, Miles, they're they're kicking the can down the road, which to me, even though the cap is going up, 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 it'll go up in 23. It'll go up in 24. I still think that's a slippery slope. Doogie, you sent this tweet out talking about there's no plan A. It's quite fluid, many tentacles around. <clears throat> Me being an old-time logistician, we always had plans upon plans upon plans. And, of course, once everything starts, that's the first point for deviation. But it blows my mind that there wasn't plans in place, whether they didn't have enough time to make them or whatever, least notional ones, to go with. 
Are you hearing that there are no plans? It's just they're doing this by feel? There's definitely a plan. Like, I don't think they're going by feel. But, like, what I mean by that is they go to Michael Pierce. They say to Michael, we want you back, but we want you back at a lower number. We're willing to lop off your 2023 contract. We'll allow you to hit unrestricted free agency one year from now. 2022 will be the last year of your deal. He says, eh, I don't know about this 3-4. Uh, I'm requesting my my race. I'd rather hit the market now than a year from now. And simultaneously, they're having dialogue with Phillips's agent, right? Like, But they weren't going to have Pierce and Phillips with Tomlinson still here. When you look at the Tomlinson contract, not a whole lot you can do there. So, like, they weren't going to pay three defensive tackles absurd money, right? And you still have Armand Watts, who's fully capable. James Lynch can play inside. Like, you don't need all these defensive tackles, right? So it was going to be Pierce or Phillips. Okay, well, Pierce says no to what they presented. They then pivot pretty quickly to Phillips. But I'm telling you, like, those conversations were being had simultaneously, where they have multiple members of the front office making phone calls. Somebody's on the phone with Michael Pierce's representation. Another person in the front office is on the phone with Phillips's representation. Like, a lot of those things were happening, like, almost at the same damn time. Okay. You um, you, you mentioned Adam Thielen. You mentioned Harrison Smith. Uh, do you have any update on Eric Kendrick's situation? I knew that he potentially could be a restructure candidate. Um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, well, and good question, Matt. Uh, no, I, nothing that, that I can put out there, at least right now. I will say I see Eric Kendricks here this year, and I get it. Like, you look at his contract, and it's another one of those, you know, just connecting some logical dots that, that it does seem like something could take place there. So if we have some news on that front soon, I will not be surprised. But, no, I, I do not have a new update on that front, unfortunately. Is there a, is there any level of frustration for you as just like covering this team? Because I think a lot of people, when they saw a new regime kind of step in, they thought, well, well, this is an opportunity for us to to kind of maybe do what Ryan Poles wanted to do, right, and, and kind of strip it down and and regroup. And and here we are through you know the, the first couple of days of the the legal tampering window, and we've signed a, a, a defensive tackle, um, a linebacker. Um, I think we signed a guard today, if I, if I remember right. And then we just retained our specialists, essentially. Um, is there any like frustration on your end, or, or, or are you just, it is what it is, and I'll just keep, keep kind of reporting on what I hear? Yeah, I mean, Matt, the latter, right? Like, I root for storylines. And this franchise, year after year, has provided plenty of, of material, right? So I don't have any complaints sometimes I wish some people over there would text me back either sooner or just text me back period right where sometimes the texts come in randomly right from multiple people in Egan so sometimes that gets frustrating that that they pick and choose when they want to get back to me but no this is this is fantastic I love it now (laughs) I do worry about some of my friends over there some people in the organization that I think since Andrew Miller has come in as chief operating officer, I think it's it's been interesting with him in charge 
And, you know, some longtime employees over there, I think, are are in some ways walking around on on eggshells, wondering about their futures. You know, so I worry about some people that I've known over there for a really long time, having done this in town since, you know, late 1996 at KFAN when I started there. So there's people I've known for a really long time, not like close friends, but certainly acquaintances, people I've seen year after year going back to Winter Park, now at TCO Performance Center. But no. This is this is good times, like March Madness. It's a legit thing. March Madness in the NFL, chasing a bunch of Twins news. The Wolves are rolling. The Wild are well. They were up two nothing tonight until they blew that lead. But you know, maybe they're in front right now. I haven't looked at the score update in the last half hour. So this is this is good times. I'm I'm loving this right now. Hey hey Doogie, how much of a hindrance do you think the Kirk situation? How long of a delay it took? to get a deal done? Because obviously they've been going back for weeks. They've been trying to get an extension done, obviously as early as possible so that they can plan. But of course it didn't come through until Sunday night. The new league year starts on Monday. What what kind of understanding do you get with that Kirk, the Kirk extension coming so late and how much of an impact that's had on how much of an impact they've been able to have in this early part of the week because they've had to kind of pivot what some of the, the plan was going to be from maybe plan B and C because – they didn't know exactly what Kirk's number numbers were going to look like because each extension was different. Um, opportunity was different. So was curious kind of where your thoughts are there. I would say this much miles, like they had contingency plans in place, right? That if we get Kirk extended at this, here's the cap space that will create. Then we can go this route. If he doesn't accept this, but he accepts that offer, then we can go a different route. Like, they set all those things up. I mean, I was told they were meeting for 10 to 11 hours, these personnel meetings, going back weeks. Like, they would take a nice little lunch break. They were going, like, 8 a.m. until 7, 8 p.m. at night, so even 11 and 12 hours, right? So, like, they set up all these different contingency plans. So I don't think it threw them, you know, for any sort of big okay. loop. I do think they thought it would get done before Sunday night. You know, they initially met with with Mike McCartney in Egan uh, a few weeks ago, broke bread with him, met with him again in Indianapolis, had a number of, of phone back and forth. Like, I think if if they were being, you know, completely frank with you and honest, they would have told you, yeah, we thought it would get done before Sunday night. You know, and that's why, you know, I buy the steam from Aaron Wilson the former Houston Chronicle beat guy for the Texans used to work for the Baltimore sun now works for a prominent website. He's got really good sources. Like I trust his Intel on, on Deshaun Watson. I volunteered on score North that I know there are Watson fans on the field. I'm not talking the person I'm talking the player Watson fans at TCO performance center. Aaron Wilson took it a step further saying the Vikings made an inquiry. So you know, maybe that was part of the contingency planning that, you know, if Kirk is is asking for the moon, because my sense is like Kirk was never going to take any sort of drastic pay cut, anything like that. That's just not in his DNA. And he's well within that right. Him and his agent have, have played the last five, six years to me brilliantly, as brilliantly as, as possible. It's a very finite amount of time that these guys can maximize their earning potential. So I'm all for the player getting as much money as possible. But I think... You know, when you, when you saw the reports over the weekend about the Deshaun Watson interest, at least the inquiry, I think that plays a part in, Miles, what you asked me about 
the Cousins negotiations that there may have been a period where the Vikings weren't sure he would accept anything. That, of course, negotiation, try to meet in the middle, Kirk asking for the moon, the Vikings trying to get him at a very team-friendly number. That wasn't going to happen. They weren't going to give Kirk the moon, meet in the middle. But that those negotiations maybe went sideways just a little bit to the point of the Vikings having to come up with that contingency plan of, of having to reach out about an outside quarterback. Yeah, which Watson's the only yeah. available quarterback that's better than than Kirk. So we did hear that it was either an upgrade or, or Kirk, and obviously it's Kirk. Yeah, I mean, no doubt well, about that. I mean, there is a- Kirk has his detractors, but, like, yeah, the only guy out there right now that is better than him, yeah, is Deshaun Watson. There's not anybody better than Kirk Cousins. No on Jameis Winston, no on Marcus Mariota, you know, no on Baker Mayfield. Uh, Kirk is it, right? I still think he's in that 8 to 13-ish mix when ranking starting quarterbacks in the league. So, yeah, Deshaun was was the only one that, that you would say, yeah, marketedly better. And, and, and it brings up an interesting point, though. Like, <clears throat> at a certain point, like – we clearly we're only at this moment in time being able to pay the bare minimum for whoever we're getting, you know, random guard from Denver and, and, and uh, you know, obviously Jordan Hicks was a pretty good signing actually, but you know, this, this, you know, practice squad tight end from the Rams, like we're not bringing in high quality talent. So we can't support Kirk with the moon. So at what point would it have made a difference who cares if we have the best quarterback of the group that's available if we aren't going to be able to feel the competitive team around him? Of course, you know, you're, you guys at Score North were reporting, you know, speculation, rumors, whatever it might be, that, you know, we, we may have had a deal with Cleveland for two seconds in Baker, right? At least that accelerates your rebuilding process with more cap space and, and, and draft picks, right? Obviously, as you just alluded, Baker is probably not better than Kirk at this point in time. But who cares, right? Like we're at least creating cap space, build around him and have more draft capital to go continue to fill out your team. I mean, was that part of their thought process potentially? Or like what I'm having a hard time understanding is you you go and pay a 34-year-old quarterback the the kind of money. And again, it's a pretty decent deal given the fact that they spread it out over four years or whatever it is. But we're not in a position to compete. So why have that quarterback at this stage if you're not going to be able to compete? And I know they think they can, but any sane person looking at this roster and now with the you know, the Hunter news, you know, Thielen getting older, you know, still no right guard or center, and we have no money to pay any of them. And, you know, it, it's just I'm, I'm very frustrated as a fan. I'm very baffled at what we can do next. It's event yeah, I hear you, Ryan. Ryan. But you said it. They think they can compete. They think a large part of the issues of them missing the playoffs three of the last four years was Mike Zimmer. That they feel like bringing in Kevin O'Connell is going to be a clear upgrade. I'm with you. I'm with those who feel like the roster is still broken. That this was not all Mike Zimmer's fault. Give me a break on, on that narrative. But they really feel like with Kevin O'Connell that, you know, some of these issues are going to be fixed. I don't know how you're going to fix the issues on defense, but they feel like with Kevin O'Connell that they can be a top five offense, that the pieces are in place 
for the offense to be really, really good. And there's still more moves to come. Yeah, they would have loved to have Brandon Sheriff. That wasn't going to happen based on the money Jacksonville was offering him. They would have loved to have Austin Corbett. That wasn't happening based on the money he received. But there is interest in Billy Turner. You know, if you put Billy Turner at right guard, you know, is that even just a little bit of an upgrade potentially? You know, I don't know about the center position. I've been asked a bunch about Treader. I I don't know on Treader. I've been trying to find out if there's some Vikings interest there. If I find that out, I'll, I'll certainly pass it along. I mean, you could also, you know, would you look at the, the center from Iowa at pick 12? Or would that be moronic? Maybe it would be, you know, when you need a cornerback or a pass rusher, you know, to, to take the center from Iowa. But there's still ways did you, did you, to fix the interior of that offensive line. So, Ryan, I would say, like, let's let's stay tuned on, on some potential moves. Now, I was told on Shaq Mason, the Patriots reached out to some teams, did not reach out to the Vikings. So Shaq Mason was was never an option here, but but they certainly have been looking to try and upgrade the offensive line. So let's just see. You know, there's still a bunch of guys out there. I'm actually surprised how slow free agency has been moving. I'm surprised at some of the lower level guys that have come off the board. Like typically this offensive lineman the Vikings signed today, that's a signing you make weeks from now. You know, the tight end they bring in from the Rams, that's a signing that happens weeks from now. You know, the the Panthers bringing back my guy, uh, Brandon Zilstra. Like, that's a move that usually happens weeks from now. Like, there's been a lot of lower-level free agents coming off the board. Then you look at some of the higher-end free agents, there's still a bunch of guys still on the board. So I've been, I've been fascinated by the way free agency has been moving. But I would just say, Ryan, and, you know, that doesn't take out the possibility of, of, of a trade, you know, uh, aside from the possibility of a Daniel Hunter trade, them bringing in you know, some help in that regard. So I would just say, like, let's let's stay tuned on that. I know everybody wants, like, answers right this second. You know, I have some. I don't have all the answers. But I would say, like, more moves are coming, Ryan. So let, let's let's just see what happens. Doogie, possibility uh, while they're going for these second and third tier guys early, it's a new way to look at who's available and get first picks on the guys you actually – want in those tiers so that uh, you're not picking over scraps at the very end. And it might be actually a better way of doing business because if you have the money, you get the big tier one guys. But if you're adult and you're only piecemealing, go get the guys you want right now. And before well, some I, other team takes Yeah, I hear you on that. And like I was told the tight end they brought in today – that he had four offers, right? So it's not only the Vikings trying to go down that path that you're suggesting. Mm-hmm. Like other teams, all right? I mean, I don't know all four. I know the Rams were one of the four. The Vikings were obviously one of the four. I don't know who the other two offers were from, but I know the Rams tried to to bring him back. The Vikings ultimately land him. So other teams are, are subscribing to to that notion. You know, so like I wouldn't be surprised if we have some news in the next 24 to 48 hours of of another lower level signing by the Vikings. Doogie, I, I want to be respectful of your time uh, this evening. So if you have a, a few more questions and then you can catch the the second half of the uh, the Timberwolves game here. Um, 
if that works out for you. That works, Matt. Yeah. Um, are there? Do you have any uh, indication on you know what might be coming next? I know you've talked about you obviously expect a move. Um, we've talked about Eric Kendricks, Adam Thielen. Uh, is is there a name that we haven't heard of uh, that potentially the Vikings are looking into that you would feel comfortable sharing? Well, I mean, I've put some names out there, but some of those guys have come off the board. Williams, Smith, Turner, as far as I know, unless he has gone off the board in the last couple hours, uh, he's still out there. That's definitely a name, but I think people know that by now. Uh, you know, Thielen, I'm telling you, I see Thielen here. Uh, they didn't make an effort on re-signing Tyler Conklin. Uh, I can tell you that. Gave you the Pierce info. I might even have to any check my phone, Matt. Yeah. Any cornerback uh, names not, not named Patrick I was Peterson? Going on Casey Hayward. Yeah. Okay, there is interest in retaining okay. Patrick Peterson. They have talked to Joel Siegel, his his representative. Uh, there was a report. Somebody tweeted me about Casey Hayward. Something attaching the Vikings to Hayward. I was told this morning no on that. So I can debunk that report that is out there. I'm just going through my phone, which unfortunately... I cracked the other day, and I've got a ton of texts. <laughs> Mostly me sending texts, not necessarily always getting a text back. But no, you knew about the punter yesterday. At just be curious. Like you think they'd want to get a little younger in the secondary as well, veteran but younger. Obviously, money is a, a big factor here. But as much as I like Patrick Peterson, the direction the Vikings defense needs to go, I kind of would like him to to get it a better opportunity elsewhere <laughs> for his sake. I mean, I, I'm not saying the yeah, Vikings are going to be bad. I don't think the Vikings are going to be bad, but, but yeah. Yeah. But you might be able to get him back one year deal at, you know, a relatively, you know, low number. Sure. Five million. I don't even have the full list of guys, you know, they're still on the board in front of me. I can also add that they've indicated to Mackenzie Alexander, no interest in resigning him. So I'll give you I'll give you that one. I haven't put that out there anywhere. So there you go. Uh, Rob Brzezinski did call Dakota Dozier. Yeah, well, I mean, then there's Fuller with the Denver connection too to Donatel. Yeah, Bryce Callahan is out there. I've checked on Callahan. Unfortunately, I haven't got any text messages back on Callahan. But yeah, the two Denver guys, Fuller and Callahan, I think are are interesting names to to certainly watch. Uh, and I was adding that Brzezinski called Dakota Dozier personally to say we're moving on. But I, I thought that was a very classy move by Rob. Yeah. Uh, Miles, Ryan, Dave, any, any, any other questions here uh, for Doogie as, as we, we kind of close it out with him and, and we'll carry on into the second half of the show? You uh, you had mentioned uh, you were over at Gophers Pro Day today. Um, obviously, we're especially if we trade Daniil, but even if we don't, we're still probably short an edge rusher, a, a true kind of three four outside linebacker who can you know come down into a four three style um, hand in the dirt uh, as we go into the nickel. Um, obviously, Mafe is, is a big name that's uh, impressed. I saw on uh, one of the one of the tweets out there that he had just an insane um, uh, vert uh, that came out. So, I mean, can you talk about you know him, how he did it in the pro day, steam on him at all? Do we have interest? And then also any other names from the um, from the Gophers pro day that may be impressed? 
Yeah, it was it was a fun day. There were there were some agents there that I caught up with. It was great catching up with Andre Patterson. Uh, saw PJ Fleck. We just did the knocks and said hi to each other. Didn't really catch up with with PJ, but saw a number of people there. I will tell you on on Mafe, yeah, forty one and a half inch vertical. That was his second attempt. But yeah, I mean that is just ridiculous. Six five two sixty to be able to have a vertical jump like that. I know he was a bit upset with his bench press of twenty one. That he felt like he could do more than that. The Bills had one of their defensive line coaches there. I know Andre Patterson was there. Every team had a scout, but some teams sent either their defensive line coach or their assistant defensive line coach. So sometimes I read between the lines on that. Uh, so certainly the Bills and the Giants were, were paying very close attention to, to Mafe. I saw a Seattle scout having a nice conversation with one of his agents. You want to read between the lines on that? Go for it. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm rooting for the kid big time. I mean, you know, small world, his old elementary school is the elementary school my boys go to. My fifth grade son, his teacher taught Mafe in sixth grade years ago. So, like, we have all these interesting connections. And so he's a, he's a great kid. I told that to Andre. You know, Andre had asked me what, what I thought of him. And I just said, A-plus kid. Like his mom and dad, his mom passed four years ago, but his mom and dad just did a wonderful job with with him. So super excited to see where he lands. He did not do every drill, nor should he have. Like he let some of his numbers from the combine in Indianapolis speak for themselves. I mean, heck, he did those drills like 13 days ago. There was no reason to do every single drill just 13 days later. But he did some positional drills. He did the bench press. He did the vertical jump. So – he, you know, he's he's impressive. But, like, I'm not breaking news suggesting that. On Falele, uh, you know, there's there's definitely uh, some late first-round steam there. If he doesn't go late first round, like, I think he's off the board by pick 50. I think both guys are. Like, I would be surprised if either guy is on the board at pick 51. So that's really impressive. Like, I was reminded by somebody with the Gophers. He said to me, he goes, do you remember our first pro day? So – him saying, you know, the first year that they were there, that regime, the Fleck regime, 2017. He goes, do you remember 2017 Pro Day? I said, frankly, all these Pro Days kind of blend together. I go, not necessarily. He goes, well, if you remember, there were only like five or six teams here. Today, 32 teams, 50 individuals. So, you know, there were, there were 16, 17 teams that sent multiple people. The Vikings had three people there, all lower-level scouts. They just have so much stuff going on that, you know, hard for Quasey to get over there, you know, and Georgia's pro day was today. So they had a nice representation there. So it was just, it was hard for the Vikings to send some of their upper level people today to, to the U just based on, you know, just everything going on these 72 hours, but certainly Mafe, super impressive. Falele, Blaze Andrews did not do the bench. He's still, he's still recovering from a bit of a pec injury. I was told the plan was for him to do the bench today. So that was a change of plans from about a week ago. So he did not do the bench, but he did everything else. So Andrews looked good, and he's got position flexibility, guard or tackle. Do think he's a guard at the next level. Then Otamawu, Asezi Otamawu, Gophers defensive lineman, he got hurt in the bowl game, the meaningless bowl game. He got hurt in the second half of that game. It's a knee injury. He will have his own pro day in early April. 
So he's close. So he was there watching everything, but he's not quite ready. It's unfortunate because he could have started at the Senior Bowl. He could have started in Indianapolis, invited to both. And he's just not able to do everything at 100% with the knee injury. So he's going to host his own pro day. Should have some teams coming in uh, in early April. Actually, I don't even know if it's in the Twin Cities. I didn't check the locale on that. But early April for Otamu's pro day. I think those are the four Gophers that get drafted. I don't think Cody Durr, the cornerback, gets drafted. Maybe I'll be surprised on that. I don't think Sam Schluter gets drafted. But I do think Andres, Otamu, and then certainly Mafe and Falele, I think those four do get drafted, and Falele and Mafe go top 50. And for everyone listening right now, if you, if you haven't heard uh, Doogie's The Scoop episode, I think it was a, a couple weeks back, uh, but he did an interview with with Mafe, and it, it, it it's it's really good. Uh, and I highly recommend you guys go check that out if you haven't yet. Um, checks in the mail, man. Thank you for those kind words. Well, when is the next well, Scoop episode, episode coming out, Doogie? Yeah, Dave, I wish I, was- I wish I had time to do more of those. I joined Zolgad on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you know, so, you know, I, I unleash my, my, you know, figurative notebook. I, I open that bad boy up and spew as much knowledge as I can. So I'll join Judd again tomorrow morning. I interviewed draft prospect Matt Willetsko. He's a Colt Spring, Minnesota native from the University of North Dakota. I caught up with him earlier this week. So I want to get that interview out there, but I don't even know if I have time to assemble that interview anytime soon. I'm supposed to catch up with Michael Pierce later this week. He said he would do an interview with me. So I'll zoom with him later this week. So maybe I'll try to put something together this weekend, Dave, but I just, I wish I had more time. Just You know, on my priority list, unfortunately, you know, TV job, Number one, mm-hmm. podcasting is just far down that list. I, I wish I had more time to podcast. I love doing it. You know, that's that's my passion more than anything is just doing stuff like this. You know, just talk radio, podcasting, you know, just with, with my initial background. But unfortunately, that doesn't pay the bills. So, hey, but we uh, love your work across the board. TV. TV, podcasts, radio, everything. You're great, Doogie. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I greatly appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, I, I share Dave's sentiment. So um, I appreciate you being able to carve out some time in, in your busy schedule. It's, it is March Madness, as you said, and it's not just college basketball. It's it's all across the board. So um, I'll be everybody here. At can, I ask, can, I ask, dude, can I ask one more question? Can I ask one more? Yeah, go I, for I it. To ask, and I can't yeah. remember if it was been touched on. Uh, Barr, did you touch on Barr at all? I was just curious because I know – before the new league year officially started at three, they could con- technically convert some of his money into a – they could, like, free up some of that dead money that was going to hit. Obviously, now that the deadline has passed, they can't do that. I was just curious on on a bar situation at all. I mean, this is, this is something I'll do tomorrow with Judd. It's happily named Reckless Speculation, so I'll give you a little preview <laughs> of Reckless Speculation. I had somebody we in the that. know at Gopher Pro Day today tell me – to check on the possibility of Anthony Barr contemplating retirement. Whoa. That, that his mm. body is is super beat up. Now, I still would be surprised, but that's something that, that I still need to check on. That, you know, I'm volunteering it because somebody I trust who's in league circles told me to at least check on it. So I'm throwing it out there with the preface of reckless speculation because I can't confirm <laughs> that one iota. 
But Miles, that is something I'll, I'll be looking into. I know that, that his body is really beat up, but there's still an opportunity to make seven figures. And so he still might try to monetize his situation the best he can, <laughs> even though I think he's I blame 25 him. in that regard. Like, I think he could retire today and he can live comfortably for the rest of his life. But he can still make some money. So, like, I, I guess I would still be surprised by, by such an occurrence. But it is something that I was told to, to check on. In terms of the conversion and all that, uh, haven't heard. Uh, if I get an update, trust me, I've checked on some stuff like that. Obviously, they can't. They can't now, right? Yeah, yeah. Correct. They can't now, but just even interest in in resigning or like Mackenzie Alexander, like Tyler Conklin, did they did they verbalize that we're not interested? We don't want you back. Like you know, any bits of news I hear about Anthony, I'll I'll certainly pass along. But I just I haven't gotten anything back so far. That that's quite the the scoop there at the end. Reckless speculation scoop. It's so really a scoop. I yeah, I, I, I honestly got mad. I would call it reckless speculation. I think it's fun fodder for, you know, Vikings happy hour, you know, this sort of setting. I, love it. I hope people are tweeting, yeah. aggregating my words, you know, somehow spinning it saying, <laughs> Doogie reported on Vikings happy hour. You know, this. No, <laughs> I'm not reporting it. Do not attach my name to that. Very much reckless speculation. But I thought I would pass it along that somebody – did tell me to check on that. Dave was just tweeting that out too, so we'll tell him to stop. <laughs> I'll delete it right <laughs> there. No, I didn't. Um, Doogie, I don't know the next time that, that we'll see you. I know it's going to be a busy uh, month and a half here, but if you're in town on April 29th, I'll do the, the shameless plug here. Uh, Climb in the Pocket will be holding a live draft show at Lake Monster just down the road. So if you, uh, have a, a free moment you want to swing down for a beer and, and hop on the mic for a little bit uh be our guest i can reach out to you too and, and shoot you a little reminder beforehand but uh otherwise thank you Matt, thank I you will again tell you, i will tell you let's absolutely connect for a beer at some point later in the spring or in the summer i can tell you i already know where i'll be on april 29th it will not be in front of the television watching what would that be day two of the, oh, day two of the draft right yeah, my older son is is playing in a baseball tournament that weekend in Elk River, the Icebreaker Tournament. And I know a really good 11-year-old team from Brooklyn Park will be in that tournament. His team tied Brooklyn Park last May in the Brooklyn Park Tournament. That Brooklyn Park team, that 10-year-old team, went on to lose in the state championship game in the Gopher State League. So that's a really good team. His team ended up tying. It was pool play. So they didn't play you know, extra innings all the way through until there was a winner. So his team, his fall ball team that played in the spring, that is going to play this spring, uh, it's just a bunch of buddies that have come together, but they're really good. So I will be in Elk River. I don't know the exact location, but somewhere in Elk River on Friday night, April 29th, watching my older son play baseball. Well, you're welcome well, on that's, that's, that's Saturday the 30th as well. We go live yeah, all, well, all day playing, one, yeah. two, and three. Yeah, Dave. Yeah, yeah. The the tourney goes both days. I'll be really upset because I'd like to be at Mafe's house for the draft. I had a great opportunity a few years ago to be at Frank Ragnall's house the night that he was drafted. He only invited a couple media members, so I was very lucky, very fortunate. That just went back to a standing relationship going back to when he was in high school. So thankfully, that relationship stood to that day, stands to this day. And he's, you know, one of the best interior offensive linemen in the league. Thankfully, he's, 
he's in a good spot health-wise right now. But the Lions absolutely love him. But that was a thrill. I'd love to be at Mafe's house draft night. I don't know if he'll want anybody there Thursday night just based on, you know, it's going to be close. Like, no guarantees he's going to go first round. Ragnow, there was like a 98%. Like, the Vikings would have taken Ragnow if he got to them. Like, Frank Ragnow was always going to be a first-round pick. I don't know for sure that Mafe will be, but he may not want media there. But if he is welcoming anybody, I'd like to be at his house on Thursday night. But, like, I won't be able to be at his house on Friday night. I'm telling you, uh, the older son's baseball takes priority. It does, and that's cool. That's real cool. He loves well, it. I think we've uh... keeps him off the iPad, keeps him off the PlayStation. So I'm all about it. I don't ever want him to burn out. I worry about burnout, but you know, he just turned 11 last Friday. He can play. He's he's a good player. Thankfully, he doesn't have my athletic acumen. <laughs> uh, I don't know where he got it from. He's a good player, so we'll keep it going. You know, like he's told me, his dream is to play beyond high school. So I'll I'll empower him the best I can in that regard, right? You know, I can only control so much, but if he wants to play beyond high school, like he works with a hitting coach, we'll keep doing that. You know, eventually he'll work with a pitching coach that I know, you know, and again, like burnout's a real thing, you know, and, and arm fatigue is a real thing. So we're very, you know, aware of, of that. But like, as long as he wants to keep this baseball thing going, I'm going to help him every, every chance I can. Cool beans. Oh my goodness. Doogie for the dad of the year. No, definitely not the dad of the year, but uh, yeah, uh, no, trust me. Uh, I've got a wife that's that's the mom of the year. Uh, I can certainly say that, and she's not listening right now, so I'm not trying to win any sort of brownie points, uh, but she's the rock star, certainly not me. Cool. Well, fantastic. Well, again, thank you. Thank you, Doogie, and uh, we will stay in touch. So, Okay, sounds good, Matt. Keep up the good work, guys. All right. Thank See you, you very much. Thank nice you. See you, boys. Um, for the rest of you guys still listening, uh, we only have a, f- uh, a few minutes left, so I, w- I want to do this at the beginning of the show, but I got swept away with the Daniil Hunter news breaking in. So uh, shameless plug here for our sponsor, Lake Monster Brewing. Um, head on over in St. Paul, Minnesota. They make their unique versions of classic beer styles, putting their own subtle twist on the flavors of craft beer drinkers have come to love. They range from esoteric to approachable, subtle to over-the-top, and their beers adhere to the philosophy that there are always more to be discovered. And Ryan and Miles, I'm sorry. Um, I've been busy, and I was unable to get you your beer for the week. Uh, But I can tell you this raspberry sour that they have, um, if I can get it in the camera, is fantastic. It's good. And uh, it's, it's patio season. Um, it's supposed to be a beautiful weekend here in Minnesota uh, for our standards. So head on over there to Lake Monster, get your beer, um, and know that you can also come back on April 29th and, and check out this live draft show that we're going to be hosting. So um, let's break down Doogie's kind of comments here. Uh, Miles, I'll start with you. Any takeaways uh, from what he kind of told us? I, I found the Ryan Poles thing very fascinating. Um, to say the least, but anything else maybe caught your your mind? You know, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Crockett here. You know, calling you all for just talking about how great this beer is. You can't get it to us, but you're just gonna you know have it all for yourself. Luckily, 
He doesn't do have it all for himself. Been... Look what I'm drinking. Well, I mean, that's delicious. Is that species one? That's species one, and you <laughs> bet it's good. To be, yeah. to be fair, I, yeah, have some. I have some. I was, I've just been sick, so I, I'm not drinking tonight. <laughs> but I, I have, I have well, some lake monster. You know, so pr- prior to the show, Matt's like, hey, well, you know, I'm too busy to, to get you beer. Why don't you just go buy it? Which, you know, I, I have done. So it, it's good stuff. That raspberry sour we did have at the uh, – when we met up yeah. um, the other day at Lake Monster, and it's fantastic. So, uh, But, yeah, to, to break down Doogie's stuff, I mean, I got a lot of interesting, you know, information here. Uh, there's definitely a lot of different uh, topics that we covered. So, I mean, obviously we can dive into some specifics here. The, the, the Daniil Hunter stuff is just very interesting. Um Obviously, we had Ben Gessling on the show a couple weeks ago. Obviously, he has some very credible sources, so I wouldn't put it past that. You know, all of this is very, very accurate. Um, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I, I just don't understand how you can already have a defense that is so completely. Uh, um, I mean, for lack of a better term, just like completely weak. We don't. I mean, it was already bad last year when we actually had a full defense, kind of startable defense and, and we've lost a lot of those guys and and we haven't replaced them and then you're going to get rid of your best one when our defense was actually good last year like for the time period it was actually pretty good is because Daniil was wreaking havoc in the backfield and he had a great start to the season before the injuries so you're going to take the only thing that we have that has worked and, and trade it away it makes no sense and it, and it kind of goes back to the whole you know the Kirk Cousins contract. Like if we're signing Kirk for a year extension to kind of see if Kevin O'Connell can work his magic to continue to develop him uh, at 34 years old, which whatever, if you think you can do it, great. But <laughs> one of the huge knocks against Kirk is the fact that he's, he's not, he doesn't have an over 500 record. Right. And then you're going to him this garbage defense, which is probably not going to lead to more wins. So this is going to still be a mark on him that we're going to have to, navigate through and he's going to have the excuse of a poor defense this year absolutely he's going to so unless he can put up and legitimate mvp numbers you're not going to get a real evaluation of how he can lift this team up or not so just seems that like an odd move to me i i I don't quite understand it um would love your guys's opinion here i just i just don't get it hey yeah you talk take it away well you talk about Daniil being so good when he was in, Pierce, Michael Pierce was a game changer when he was in. And Pierce is gone, and Daniil may be gone, and where have you improved that defense? Now, getting Phillips over there, that's a good young move, guy coming off his first contract. He does play well, especially against the run. So I'm not so much worried about that. He is smaller and lighter than Pierce. There's going to be a catch-up period, but I do believe he can grow into it. And the Vikings have always done well when they grab that nose tackle off that first contract from somebody else, whether it be back to Fat Pat or, you know, uh, Jerry Ball or whoever, right? They've always done well on that. Uh, That I'm not worried about. Then you got the linebacker situation where we signed – Jordan Hicks, right? Jordan Hicks is a good tackler, but he's over 30, and it makes you wonder. Now, is he going to be paired up with Kendricks, or is um, he replacing Kendricks? We don't know the situation on Kendricks yet, but 
you know, and if, if Doogie's right about the reckless speculation of bars going to hang it up, which I can see, degenerative knees are painful. Trust me, I've got arthritis in my knees. It can be painful. That, I understand that. That, I think, is a good, good selection. I don't think it's great. I think it maintains where we were. And I don't see anything that's moved the needle up on the defensive side so far. And I think that's what you're getting at, Ryan. There's nothing that's moved it. Miles, do you well, see I mean, anything? Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say. With like quick. the defense and. Yeah, go ahead, Matt. Well, I mean, we, we can sit here and talk about these, these picks, but I. I, th- I think there's some bigger talking points that that Doogie gave us tonight that we should probably, you know, walk through. And and I I started asking you Miles about it, um, but just the Ryan Poles thing is is fascinating to me. And almost like there is this restriction <laughs> to to Quasi's, uh, you know, start here as GM. And so I I, I want to know your thoughts because um, because I appreciate kind of how you look at the the scope of the Vikings and and how they run things. So. Uh, what did you think about Doogie pretty much saying, like, you know, maybe Ryan Poles chose to go to the Bears because of the Wilfs? Um, I, the funny part is I've been thinking about that stuff. It's not just the Wilfs. I know I know it, it, it's a collection of the of the leadership. But, like, it's not just Andrew Miller. It's not just the Wilfs. <laughs> but it's, it's, a, it's a collective of them. Um, but... I've been thinking about that. (laughs) Sure, yes. I I think the tough part for Quazy and any new GM that was going to come in, they were all like you look at who who all they interviewed. There weren't many like true experienced. They didn't, and I don't think they even interviewed any former GMs. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but um, if I'm not mistaken, that in itself is a part of like the power dynamic, right? Any any previous GM, anybody that has experience coming in they wouldn't let someone like the wilfs and and the and them have all that control of some of the decisions that they want to make on the roster so i go back to when they asked crazy in the in his opening presser do you have um the final decision making on the 53-man roster and i know people were hesitant does that mean the head coach has it because crazy kind of sidestepped the question i don't think it's about whether the head coach has it I, i i think it's not just crazy. Clearly, I think it's it's a collection of people that he has to maybe run up the ladder for some of the decisions. And obviously, some of those decisions chime into our people like your quarterback uh, situation, like the Dino Dino Hunter one right now. Like what what they have to do with some of the roster construction that's happening in the cap situation is not just about crazy getting to make final decisions. Um, at least it doesn't feel that way. I could be wrong. It definitely does not feel that way. And so the one thing I would caution fans on, and I'm, I'm trying to be, be better about this for myself, is Quasi and company inherited the old regime's mess. So I know what we want to do and what we see is go out and try to sign everybody, try to fix everything about the roster. And I understand the, the Kirk situation because for me, if you're going to bring Kirk back, there's no excuses for me because – if you're going to pay a 34-year-old quarterback that kind of money and give him that kind of control under the under the structure, that means you need to be trying to win now. And that, but again, I'm okay with not throwing everything 
and just trying to do what the old regime did as well. So I'm okay with a little bit of the slow play, but I would just say like Quazy inherited kind of a mess. And so it's not going to be a, an overnight fix. And as much as we want to see them make all these huge moves and splash moves and be a part of everything that's going on right now, they don't have a lot of that flexibility right now to do that. And so, or if they were to do that, that means they're kicking down, they're, they're doing again, doing what the old regime tried to do, which was just continue to kick the can down the road with older, aging, expensive vets. And so what we're going to see next is some of that trying to maneuver the cap. And the big domino next is Daniil. And so if they can't find a reasonable extension with Daniil, in a similar fashion to Kirk, you either trade him or you kind of let it ride. Because if you were to do the conversion of the signing bonus, which again, we, they, that still may, might happen. We don't actually know. There could be factors within that that we just don't know that that's why they're not doing it. And so there's just moving pieces and I'll let you go, Ryan. I, yeah, just, there's just a lot going on. And as much as I, I want to see stuff happen, they will make some moves. It's just about organizing what some of those fi- final moves look like. Yeah. And, and I want to caution people, like, obviously I've seen a lot on Twitter and even in the, in the chat here tonight. And again, Thank you for everyone who's listening in live with us right now and listening to us next day on podcast here. You know, we really appreciate you guys. Um, I don't think we really need to be down on Quasi. I don't really think Quasi is like the, like Miles, like you were saying, he's not the end all be all right now. Like, obviously, Rick, for the right. most part, was the end all be all. He made all those decisions. Uh, obviously, with the collaboration. And he didn't of, originally. You know, Rob. Rick didn't originally when he first got here either, by the way. So like that's something. It right. Like yeah. There was that triangle of power or whatever they called it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. We're kind of back. Um, so <laughs> we're kind of back there. So Quasi probably. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Quasi probably needs to earn, I guess, so to speak, that that trust with the Wilfs and Andrew Miller and whomever to, to kind of be able to do that. But so a lot of people, you know, throwing shade at Quasey again, this isn't him that's making all these decisions. And sure. I know it's really unflattering to, and and I'm frustrated too. I literally get it as fans. We're literally seeing, you know, practice squad tight ends and practice squad offensive linemen being signed to one year, non-guaranteed deals while you see the bills making two big splash plays today, or you're seeing the, the, the Jaguars, you know, overpaying recklessly the amount of money that they have, right? Like you're mm-hmm. seeing all that and, and I get it. It's frustrating, but at the same time, you under, you got to understand this is a process. As Miles said, they inherited a mess. We have to clean up the mess before we can really move forward. Again, it's frustrating when you see a move like the Kirk move or potentially this Daniel move and you're sitting here, like you're sitting here saying, okay, well, this doesn't make sense if we're trying to clean up a mess because we're not really moving forward in the right way. And again, and I'm frustrated, like, why are we signing a D tackle when we have no corners on roster outside of Cam Dantzler and Chris Boyd like, and, and Harrison Hand, I guess, is a, is a corner, right? Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But again, they probably have a structure in place. They probably have a plan in place. It's going to be a slow play for the time being. It worked. Day one in the free agency. Let's give these guys some time to kind of earn your trust, earn your respect, uh, without casting judgment so quickly. Well, and and real quick, the the two signings. Uh, well, yeah, the 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 guard uh, Schlotman. How do, I don't know. I don't even know how to say dude's name. Uh, 
He's a reserve backup. Like there was no guaranteed money. Like it, it, some of the that in the in the tight end signing month month I, month um, those two signings. Like I know those are typical signings from like three weeks into free agency. But if you can come to an agreement with a basically a non guaranteed contract for two players that you were you have interest in for competition and depth, you can you get it done. Whenever whenever they accept, you you get it done. And they sounds like both those guys are willing to accept right now. So they got done now. So yes, of course it's it's not the fun splashy na- names, but those still can happen. And I think to someone else's point, trades can still happen. And so if they were to trade Hunter, I would not be surprised if they tried to get besides draft compensation a potential player back because obviously they need players, they need bodies, they need talent. If you're going to trade a player and a talent like Hunter, it should be for a quality of players and and picks. And so that. That type of thing. Um, Daniil Hunter for Xavier Howard, maybe. Get you your corner. I'm just, I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> I think that's too expensive, but I, I like the idea. So, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, we're we're kind of running a little late uh, tonight, but one thing I want to talk about before we close, uh, I haven't really gotten your guys' reaction. Uh, the news broke when I was heavily intoxicated by, uh, you know, some drinks down in Arizona. But Kirk Cousins is, is the quarterback <laughs> now for uh, this team for at least the next two years. So I want to get your guys' take likely. on, uh, yes, unless he, he waves his no trade clause. Um, I want to get your guys' take on the, the extension itself, the, the money, uh, the void years, like they 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 pulled some strings to get this done, and he did reduce his cap, like which, which is helpful for us. But uh, Ryan, I'll start with you, and then you can toss it to uh, to whoever. But uh, your QB one is Kirk Cousins through the next two seasons. Um, so I see in the comments, you know that that you know he you know he he's got a a contract right now, at least a cap hit, I guess I should say right now that is applicable to the skill level that he has. And I, I guess I don't disagree with that, right? Like if to pay 30, like if, if you were to average a $31 million cap hit for a Kirk cousins, I don't really think that that's an, an over egregious overpay in my opinion. Like he's probably worth close to that. If you expect, and if you want to pay a quarterback like that, if you have a team that's ready to compete, um, as both of you guys know, and I'm sure Dave knows as well, um, you know we we have uh, we're in a couple different chats together. I, I was quite upset. <laughs> I was quite upset on Sunday, uh, and then I was very very upset. I was very very upset on Monday, um, and I, I won't go into all of that. But you know, I, I, I've been quite upset with the, the the decision to to extend, and the, the main reason why is that again we're just not in position to play. We're we're not like. And, and I alluded to this uh, with Doogie uh, when, when he, you know, he was earlier. We're just not in a position to do what we did. Like, and, and all we really did, and I've gotten in a lot of arguments with people on Twitter over the last couple of days, and I, I hate arguing with people on Twitter because it just doesn't do anything. But <laughs> um, that, that again, it's a, fair, it's a fair compensation for him. But essentially what we just did is we, we elected to have one more year of Kirk Cousins, but we're going to pay – for him for an additional three. So let's just say hypothetically oh, this year goes awry. And uh, I mean, we, we got, 
The void this year, year next did. year, but then we have void years. Well, true. We have void, void years year. that we're pushing cap onto. Again, it's not huge hits on those void years, but it still hits on the void years. Well, it hits on the first it, void year where it comes in. It comes in at, if I remember correctly, about $12 million, something like that. It's six-point-something percent of cap. I've got the – I'm not going to load up the slide. But that negates a rookie contract at that point. Yes. But and that's that's exactly where I was going with it, Dave. Is that we're we're literally if we get to a point where we want to move on from Cousins, which we will get to a point where we want to move on from Cousins. Now, any rookie you draft either this year or next year, which is probably twenty twenty three, we're already cap. Stra- I mean, we're not cap strapped because we're going to lose a big contract off of Kurt. But the whole point is to take a rookie contract and maximize his surroundings and build a team. I mean, you look at some of these. Very successful teams that are going to the Super Bowl. You got the Bengals. You got the, um, you know, the Seahawks. They won the Super Bowl. I mean, there's, you know, a, a lot of. I think every year there's been a Super Bowl team with a rookie contract, rookie quarterback contract. But when you maximize that contract and and taking twelve million of that those dollars and paying it to a guy who's not even well, paying for a guy that's not even here, just doesn't make any sense to me. I and when you're not gonna be have a competitive team this year. And that's where I'm frustrated is I get it if this was 2017 and we're going into 2018 and you want to pay Kirk, it made a ton of sense. I was fully on board. We, we don't have a 20, uh, 2017 roster going into 2018 year, going into 2022. We don't. We don't have resembling that. So for me, it just didn't make a lot of sense. I was okay just you know trading him for to the Colts for picks. I was okay trading him to the Browns for Baker and some picks. I was okay trading him in Seattle for some pit. I don't and Drew Locke. Like I, I don't really care. We a bridge quarterback a Drew Locke for one year, a Baker for one year, um, a Sam Darnold for one year. Who cares? As long as you're getting draft picks back, where you can build that team for the next guy. And if that guy who we took back in place, the Drew Locke, the Sam Darnold, or the Baker Mayfield, could actually become something great. Like Miles, you you mentioned this multiple times in the chat. If Baker Mayfield came in here out and, and we got those two second round picks and he balled out and he put up a phenomenal year, we can franchise tag him. And then you can and then and then you can see if he could prove it and then extend him long term if he's great. And if he's not, you know, you can go draft a guy. Like it just didn't make sense to me. Um again, is the contract fair, fairly compensated from a cap hit perspective? Absolutely. 31 million for Kirk Cousins is not bad. It just wasn't the right move at the right time because we just don't have the team around him that that's going to be successful personally. So I viewed it as 35, 35 and compared to like Aaron Rodgers, that's, that's about where he's at. So I thought that was good. We're actually paying him less, you know, than he wanted. So I'm cool. That's why I say he's, He's an expensive bridge quarterback. Would I have liked a decent bridge quarterback and two second-round picks? Yes. Or whatever other teams were offering? You bet. But like uh, Steve said, he said loves mediocrity. They love putting a competitive team that's right around there, may get in the playoffs, may not, be in the news, sell tickets, sell merch. That's what they love. You're on mute. Matt, you're on mute. <laughs> Uh-oh. Rookie mistake. Shout out, shout, 
shout out to Yinka, who was just on my uh, my TV screen for a Luther Brookdale commercial. Really? Um, <laughs> any, any the sexiest man thought, in Minnesota, Yinka Allende. Any final thoughts from you three as we wrap this show up? Uh, I just wanted to say one thing about Kirk. It's not about the player. It's about the structure of the contract. And I think that's always gets missed. Everybody loves to talk about the cap hit. When you have to go back to your quarterback every other year to say to your highest paid player every other year to say, hey, we need to talk about lowering your cap hit every other year because it's so high that we need to do stuff so that we can help build around you. And instead of actually having wiggle room to do that, the, the in turn, you have to just redo another contract and redo another contract and redo another contract. That's my problem with the Kirk situation. Kirk is a really good quarterback. I'm, I'm sick of having to like preface that. I'm sick of like being called a Kirk hater because I don't like Kirk's situation. It's not Kirk the it's not Kirk the player. I think Kirk's a good player. Like yes, sure there might might be some deficiencies, whatever. Um, but like, that's if you had Kirk, if you had, if you had signed Kirk, if you had signed Kirk to a four year, you know whatever number deal, and maybe you had a void year toward the end of that too. But like, but you have an opportunity to give yourself time and flexibility within Kirk's contract to then continue to build around him. Then I'd be having a different conversation about how I felt about Kirk's extension. But instead, it was just, hey, Kirk, here's another year, fully guaranteed, and now we can't trade you unless you let us. Unless unless you let us, and here's another, just, it's just about handing Kirk another more leverage and more more like control of of his fate. And again, if that's what Kirk wants to do, I have no problem with Kirk doing that. That Kirk has every, like, obviously he's the he's he's made the most money out of any player since 2016. Good for Kirk Cousins. I'll never blame a player for getting their their money. At some point. The Wilfs and the Vikings need to say enough is enough because we haven't seen the return on those fully guaranteed contracts. We haven't. That's not just on Kirk. But as the as the leadership looks at the collective, it needs to be about winning. And so it's not just about one person and one player. That one player happens to be the most important person and player in the in the franchise. So that player needs to carry their weight. And I think Kirk has done a really good job of being a really good quarterback, but at some point there's just not enough flexibility to warrant the, the, the structure of what I'm doing with it. And so that's, that's my issue with it. And they just, again, hamstrung themselves into having to do the same rodeo again next year. And, and, and to, to follow up on that miles a, a bit too, is that he, like, you're right. He is a very good quarterback and we shouldn't have to preface every conversation with that. Again, in according to Kirk haters, we all think he or Kirk stands or whatever you want to call. Him. Apparently, we all just absolutely hate his guts, and we don't. We he is a good quarterback. He's a very good quarterback. You can go to the Colts or the Browns and make them instant contenders, like one hundred percent. They could be instant contenders. The is our situation in the situation he's put us in with these, like you said, the lack of flexibility. So uh, it's frustrating because I, I we want to cheer for this team. And we will cheer for this team. We're fans of this team. I don't care if Kirk Cousins is the quarterback. I don't care if Kellen Mond's the quarterback. I don't care if, you know, whoever, right? We're going to cheer for this team regardless. We're here every week to talk about our love for this team. We can still disagree as fans, 
about how the team is deciding to move forward. But it doesn't mean that we're still not fans. And it doesn't mean that we hate the quarterback that we have. We just don't love the situation that the contracts have put us in. And that's okay for us to disagree. There's people who are paid a lot more money to do the job that they do because they think that's in the best interest of the team. And that's okay. If that's what they think, go ahead and do that. We have different opinions, and that's the world that we live in. So, I think that's a good way to end it. I, 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 I'm digging. Oh, what's up, Dave? We have March Madness, baby. I was getting to that. I, you don't think I was going to close with something as good as that? <laughs> of course. As Dave just threw on the screen, we have a March Madness monster sponsored giveaway contest. You name it. First, second, and third place. First gets $50 gift card. Uh, second gets 30 and third gets 15 to Lake Monster Brewing. So if you haven't signed up yet and you're sitting here watching tonight's show or you're listening early tomorrow morning, um, I guess you could technically even enter after the games, but you would be at a disadvantage. But uh, <laughs> more power to you. Um, join our March Madness bracket for Climbing the Pocket in Lake Monster and try and secure one of these gift cards so you can go get some great beer as the spring weather hits us here in Minnesota and you can you can enjoy it with your friends. You can buy everybody around. Um I'll be competing. Um I don't know if Miles and Ryan will. Um but yeah. If you hey, haven't yet if you win hey if you cheat like me and look at the odds and look at the expert picks, right? If you win, that's free beer, people. Can't beat that mm-hmm. off with a stick. It is absolutely wonderful, and Lake Monster makes some of the best beer in Minnesota, if not the best beer in Minnesota, and we are proud to have them as our sponsors. And I'm proud to have it go down the old... Absolutely. Um, For everybody that watched tonight, thank you. Uh, for everybody that's listening to this on the podcast, thank you as well. Next week, um, it's just Ryan and I, uh, no guest, because we are doing a test run of a live show at Lake Monster Brewing. It just, all this Lake Monster Brewing stuff just keeps rolling in. A live show next Wednesday night um, in St. Paul, Minnesota. We'll be testing it out. Uh, no guest, because if things don't work well, we will be canceling the show. Uh, hey, but what if somebody's there at the Lake Monster Brewery and uh, happens to join you? Can they hop on? Oh, they absolutely can. We can take questions from people who are at Lake Monster, um, as well as just talk about any news that happens over the next week. So uh, tune in next week for that. And then afterwards, um, starting was it March 30th, uh, we're going to hit the draft pretty hard here. So we'll catch you up to speed with everybody you need to know as we get closer to the NFL draft. So with that being said, Miles, Ryan, thank you for coming on tonight. Um, Dave, update the fans with what's coming up this week and this weekend, and we'll call the show. Tomorrow night we have Vikings hot takes with the great flip Mazze and Eric Thompson of the Daily Norsemen. We also have two old bloggers, myself and Derek Campbell, wrap things up on Saturday If there's something breaking in between, I'm sure we'll put out a Viking sit rep. 
But until then, stay safe, stay happy, enjoy good beverage, especially from Lake Monster. And go Vikings! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody. Oh, no, no, no.